Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Yawning Owlbear. And this is episode two. Yay! <laughs> uh, just wanted to say thank you uh, all for the uh, favorites and the encouragements and the recent messages. And I will get to those in a sec. Um, just want to say, uh, being that this is the second one, probably my method of play is going to be keeping at least a 20 to 30 minute podcast and I would have gotten this up a lot sooner Uh, unfortunately yesterday I was made notice at the last minute that a couple of my friends from out of town were going to be visiting Uh, sadly I was only able to spend about half the day with them being I had to open the the yesterday Saturday morning and was I roughly able to get back home towards early evening. So I was able to spend half the day with them, but it's a special feeling when you have some friends that you haven't seen in a while come to visit you. And one of them, Wick, a buddy of mine, um, who I had introduced to uh, D&D, who now I believe plays regularly on Roll20. I've played in a few of his games, and he actually runs some of his own games now. Uh... Yeah, so um, I did manage to receive uh, two two-part messages, uh, one from Glenn Holstrom and the other one from Ray Otis of Plundergrounds. Uh, that would be Glenn Holstrom of Old Man Grognard and Ray Otis of uh, Plundergrounds. So without further ado, I'm going to let these two men have the floor and we will go from there. Hi, I'm Mark Holman Grognard here. Listen to your first show. Very good start. Very, very good start. That's how I started saying just basically putting your gamer cred out there. <laughs> and yeah, about fourth edition. Uh, I remember when I first started on Save or Die podcast, that was known as the edition that shall not be named. And it was that bad. And as far as fifth edition goes, yeah, you can agree, disagree with me all you want. That's fine. I cannot completely dislike 5th edition, but they're, they're just, I, I don't know. It's, I, I'd like to go into more detail. Maybe I'll do a second recording here and send it to you. But I do have my issues with 5th edition that really don't have anything to do with the, the rules of the game, as a matter of fact. But I will get that in another message, so I'll talk to you in a minute. Hi, Mark Oldman Grognard back here. The problem I have with 5th edition, it is really hard to nail down. I can't even nail it down on my own show or anything else I've written because I guess it's a love-hate. I don't know. The reason being, it's not with the edition itself. It's with the gaming community. It's reaction to it and any kind of any kind of fallout from that. And, that's, and to me, I know that's going to happen with any new edition that comes out. It's the new Shiny what I worry about is people, and yes, 5th edition is a good edition to start with, but I'm worried that people who start with that won't go back into the OSR, or they won't try the other OSR games, and then the player base starts shrinking on my end. I know it's kind of a selfish thing to say, but I, I bet there's a lot of grognards that feel that way, too. Anyway, good show. Great have you here. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Mark. This is Ray Otis of Plundergrounds. Welcome to the community. Glad you are dipping your toe into the podcast world. I enjoyed your first podcast. Kind of a 
personal narrative, kind of an addition wars recap. One thing I have come to realize as I hear people talk about various editions of D&D and as I play them, I think I've played them all, is that they're all great and they're all broken. Uh, there is something to pick on in every single edition of D&D. I played heavily uh, Blue Book Holmes, Basic, uh, Mold Bay BX, uh, First Edition, and third edition, and now fifth edition, those are the editions I played the most. And, you know, you look back at third edition, it gets a lot of hate these days, but it was a great design. It was really solid. And honestly, I don't think it's that much less crunchy than fifth edition. Hang on, I'm going to do a double here. Sometimes I think if fourth or if uh, third edition had had YouTube and D&D Beyond, to help launch it, uh, meaning a great online tool set for players to help them calculate characters and um, kind of Hollywood entertainment style proponents of the game, that it might have launched better or might have been just, it's just a timing issue. Uh, there were definitely problems like grappling, but how much did grappling even come up? I mean, how much does it come up in your games? And that's a pretty easy fix. You could have fixed that pretty easily. Um, everything else in the game was pretty consistent. It was crunchy. It was deep. It was hard to learn and hard to run as a GM. But honestly, I feel that way about 5th edition. 5th uh, edition is a little simpler, but as a GM, you um, either have to use D&D Beyond or have to go pretty deep to you know line up all your creatures and everything for a game. So anyway, good first podcast. I really enjoyed it, and welcome. All righty then. Okay, now seeing how this uh, anchor works, it works in segments, so that is actually good to know. As far as intro and outro music, um, I don't think I'll be doing that. Uh, I might change my mind later on down the road until I get more comfortable using this. But um, to the point, yes, I guess uh, most of us all have in a nutshell that one area of an edition that we all feel comfortable using. Like I said, third edition as a player, it's always going to have a place in my heart being that it is the edition that I came in starting off as. As a player, I love it, but as a DM, um, it's just not going to be in my cup of tea. Uh, at least with an in-depth feat system is what it has. Uh, I would just take a pass on it. Fifth edition, I mean, either way, I'm good. Uh, granted, although I will agree with Glenn on one thing, just about any dang thing that you Google now for anything that's D&D related, it all comes up fifth edition, which normally I wouldn't have a problem with that, but when you think of the background that D&D came from, this was an... I was listening earlier to a podcast uh, interview by Frank Menser on a Save or Die podcast. Granted, the, the episode has been done since 2010, so it's almost about a decade old, but still it brings up a point that I'm going to be doing in a later episode sometime down the road. In the nutshell, D&D has pre is pretty much owned and operated by a company that... It doesn't have the same roots and love as what the how did Frank Metzer put it? The old guard from back in the day did. Um, a game that was built solely on love and wanting to have fun, not so much on wanting to make profit. And granted, I mean, Wizards of the Coast, it's owned by Hasbro now. It's it's going to have to make money, or at least they're going to have to make money. And 
they're just going to keep pumping out books that are pretty much near video game price range. And honestly, I don't really see any actual problem that the OSR group is going to have and uh, keeping it going because from what I've seen so far, the group there is a large group of fans out there that have a soft spot for the OSR, and actually I'm now starting to come to that realization, and I'm liking what I'm seeing so far, and I'm enjoying what I'm playing so far with my first OSR game, which is Blue Home. I mean, it's simple, easy. I've been able to get a, a game prepped within roughly about a day or two, and most sessions I've been able to keep around the three to four. I mean, granted, I only have two players at the moment, and sadly, due to friends showing up, I wasn't actually able to play the this Saturday. Hopefully, I'll be able to play next Saturday. Um, but I don't really think that there's anything wrong that's going to happen with the RSO group, and I, and I doubt Fifth Edition is going to take over as much as what they are putting out base by base on the internet for it. Because for one thing to me, D and D is not so much as a title on a book. It's based on what the players themselves see it as. And there's so many, uh, indie developers and, uh, other party publications out there with simple rule sets that people are, that they know are going to find in love. And these are people that like making, their own these systems and they enjoy just enjoy gaming in general not to just make profit and i think when the greed portion comes into it and to play that's when the game and the actual genre loses its appeal and i could comfortably say that because with the recent as becoming from a video game background before i came into DD, uh certain developers that used to be if you can call them that anymore, triple uh, a gaming is not what it used to be. Now it's like you got groups out there who are trying to pander to every demographic out there to people that don't even play their games. And now I've, I've noticed that slowly over the course of that I've been in the hobby, uh, people like Paizo and including wizards are now, putting politically correct stuff into their material that I mean, granted I don't have a problem with, but when you're alienating your fans in lieu of wanting to gain a profit, what do you stand for anymore? I mean, it's the same lesson with Marvel comics that the have anything against Marvel or DC for anybody who want, who likes them is just Marvel comics. They've changed and altered their stories so many times. I just didn't, I just haven't bothered keeping up with any of it. Not to mention they've changed certain superheroes to where they're trying to target certain demographics, which that's fine and all. But when you do that, don't just stop at what was original and what is keeping the fans. Cause when you do that, you you lose you lose that ground that you had that was making you the money that you had you had coming in. <sighs> but all that set aside, I'll let y'all make your uh, opinions on that matter. And like I said, uh, Mr. Holstrom and Ray Otis, thank you for your 
words of wisdom and, and the encouragement and to all of those of you who have favored the channel so far and have watched my first episode, I deeply appreciate it. And um, which leads me on to my main question. Ladies and gentlemen, if I may ask, do you remember your first time maybe riding a bike or the first time driving a car or the first time maybe you fell in love or your first pet or whatever new experience you've had? Okay, now, if I may ask, do you also remember your first death? Now, let that sink in for a second when I ask you that question. Obviously... You're not dead if you're listening to this podcast. That's not what I'm getting at. What I mean is, do you recall your first character creation and its demise? Be it in combat, trap triggering, or whatever other mishap you may may have hap- happened to it. And um, granted, I know that some people do get attached to characters when they create them. Um, and of course, this has led to controversies with this whole hobby entirely. Uh <sighs> With no disrespect, personally, I think some people take the hobby a little too seriously. And what I mean by that is when you separate what's fiction from fact, I don't know how a person comes to that conclusion and leads them to do certain things that they've done in the past, be it self-suicide after losing a character that's died in a game. When I just, before... Keep in mind what you are doing is you're playing a game, and the main goal of the game is to have fun and enjoy the company of others. And that's the main thing with D&D that I like the most is when it, after the pencils and the dice has been put away, it's the main stories at the end of the day that I like listening to the most. And I've had many a great tale I've had told between friends, even still to this day, uh, people that I still meet out and about in town or just like recently with my friend Wick who's come by. Um, It's just all the mishaps and whatnot. But anyway, to the point is, um, first time that I remember the first character I made during third edition Pathfinder, uh, the co-worker who introduced me to it recommended that I should make a fighter. And the game we were playing was, I think we're starting at level 7. It was either level 7 or level 8. So we were a little bit into the actual game. But I made a dwarf fighter. His name was Krieger. Now, let me tell you one thing. I am pro-dwarf when it comes to any type of game, fantasy-wise, that I play. Um, that's just how I am, always have and always will be. Chances are, if you do see me at a table, most likely I'll be playing a dwarf. Um, I'm proud to say that somewhat of the traits of a dwarf I do keep. Uh, I can be stubborn at times, and I still have the honor and uh, the friendship building that dwarves have with their friends. Usually, if you can make a friend out of me, I'm pretty much there for you for life. Um, There's not to say I haven't played other races since I've started this. I've played as a bugbear paladin. That's a long story, and it does fit, so bear with me. It's a, it's an odd combination, but I've seen much weirder mashups of characters. Um, and it was my one epic character. I've had, I have two so far in my time of making characters. One was Kazadar, who was my uh, dwarf war priest, 
And then there was Burgor Honor Heart, who was my Minotaur Paladin. Um, both of which, as far as when the when the games had concluded, they were still alive. Um, both I keep as my epic characters on the shelf that I've made in my career so far in this. Uh, anyway, with Krieger, he was the very first character ever made, level 7 dwarf fighter. And basically, anybody who knows what a fighter is, you just basically soak up hit points like a sponge, and then you just go in and smack stuff. Um, we were playing in a small seaside port town. Basically, it was like a large warehouse port town, uh, or a large seaside port com- uh, composed of warehouses and whatnot. Uh, we were tasked, and then it's been so long since I've played this. We were tasked with uh, eliminating an area of goblins, ogres, and orcs. Now, so far, that's the only intel we had that was when we went in this was just just basic orcs goblinoids type deal and possibility of some other nasties one of which ended up being a really big troll that i got too cocky with the wording on the end of that i'll get to here in a sec um so we came up on one shipping dock and there was a large stone wall and there was a set of a large wooden double doors there's a bunch of crates piled up on the other side that we can see about roughly extending, let's say, six feet high over the wall. Anyway, uh, so the co-worker, my buddy Sleppy, uh, who was also playing as a dwarf, I think he was playing as a sorcerer, I'm not 100% sure, uh, had a funny way at the time of wanting to go through doors, basically bashing through with it with little to no caution. And when he did so on this one area, the only thing I recall seeing... Uh, from what my character's line of sight had uh, was basically him getting grabbed by something huge. Couldn't tell what it was at the first few rounds of combat, but basically he got grabbed. I tried to pull him back through the door. Of course, at the time, I was just rolling crap that day, and he ended up getting pulled through and then getting eaten. <laughs> so needless to say, uh, pretty much each other about two more rounds of combat. We ended up having two ogres come over the wall, and uh, you couldn't figure from this point if you were really standing in front of this and witnessing this. This is this. It was some traumatizing stuff. <laughs> and uh, so while he's getting eaten on the other side, the DM didn't even tell him what he was getting eaten by. Uh, was me, one bard, a thief, and then we also had an or a player playing as an orc barbarian, which I believe was my friend Mike. Um, took out the ogres, and then came the troll. Now, as a noob as what I was <laughs> at the beginning of this, I did not know what the heck a troll was. I didn't even know how to take one out. All I knew is. At the time, well, of course, now I know the best way to deal with trolls is you want to have either fire and acid and try to hit it from a distance. Acid splash comes in handy in many outcomes from uh, later editions that I've played. It's like the number one spell that I always take with me if I go anywhere. Um, but anyway, long story short, I decided to say, hey, when I get the troll's attention and just start whacking it in the crotch with a uh, war axe. Uh, not knowing that, and for some strange reason, nobody in the group decided to tell me, either because it was just funny or that, you know, 
hey, some lessons are learned the hard way. Uh, trolls have a massive amount of uh, regeneration property to them, and luckily for me, being the dwarf, you get bonuses against giant-type creatures, and, well, in the long run, it did not help me very long in this, and long story short, I did end up taking two massive claw attacks, and for anyone who does not know what a troll is capable of, they have a very nasty ability called Rend, and when they hit you with that Rend, it pretty much does extra damage. Well, this one not only just did extra damage, but it pretty sent, it pretty much sent me into pieces all over the dock. So that was pretty much my first first death, and uh, the DM was pretty much cracking up at this point. He was just like, "Admire your spirit," but. Uh, the uh, one caster in the group, which I believe was the bard, I think it was the only caster we had at the time. Well, the one caster we did have just got ended up getting eaten, so there was no way I was going to know to take it out with acid or fire. And everybody else was pretty much on the other side of the crates, so nobody was able to tell me what to do. Um, and plus, doing the, the intelligence checks, I just did not know. I mean... I, a dwarf with an axe, you're a fighter, what are you going to do? Just move in there and start hacking at stuff. So that was my first time learning the ropes of how to deal with trolls. And since then, I know not to engage them up close and personal. Because one, those claws are a pain. And two, acid and fire is the way to go. Was not the greatest, but according to my DM at the time, it was probably the most honorable death that any dwarf could have been given. And, of course, down the road, I've perished more times since then, and I've had my close calls with both Gelatin's Cubes and, and my most hated enemy of all, Death Knights. I hate Death Knights, and I will save that for another day. Uh, but yeah, so if any of you guys have any questions, you may contact me at the yawning owlbear at gmail.com or send me a uh, message through Anchor and send me some stories. Let me know uh, what was your first time dying and what did you learn from it? And uh, with that, I shall be bringing the cast to the close. So until next time, guys, keep the mugs full and keep the stories coming. Have a good day.